But this is Duca on the move for Montreal. Billy Duca, let's see what he does. A left foot shot that's in. Billy Duca beat his man, and the Rutgers product makes it one nothing Montreal. This is Off the Woodworks with Kevin Laramie, the longest running podcast entirely dedicated to the Montreal Impact. It's wide open now, Malice, plenty of room. As Pachuca have five players lined up across the back. An opportunity! Good day, good night, and welcome to a special edition of Off the Woodworks Breaking News Edition. The Montreal Impact replaces Frank Lopez with Mauro Biello as the head coach, well, at least for this season. Mauro Biello is the new interim head coach for the Montreal Impact. Basically, Frank Lopez got fired. Is he still with the club? Is he left? All the details are not necessarily out yet. What do we know? We know that Frank Lopez is no longer the head coach of the Montreal Impact. We know that Mauro Biello, legend of the club, retired in 2009, started with the FC Supra in 92, then the Impact. Yeah, he went to Rochester in 99, but came back home after. Retired in 09. Uh, Has been an assistant with the club since... Uh, the MLS, the beginning, so uh, late 2011, he was named as an assistant for the Montreal Impact. MLS era. He's been with the club since then. He's been the club a lot of time before. He's always been with the club. What we mean is, as an assistant, he saw everything that's been going on since the last six years. And he's probably the most qualified person to be the head coach of this team. Knows the ins then the outs. I hope they take that interim tag out. But for now, he's the interim head coach. So today on the show, yeah, you guessed it. We're going to talk about the firing of Frank Klopas. The hiring or the, the promotion of Mauro Biello. We'll talk about that with Jonathan Tannenwald of Philly.com. Uh, very well known by the Montreal Listeners, he's been doing Montreal podcasts on After Good Works, on Soccer Plus before that, uh, for a long time. He is a friend of all the shows that we do here on After Good Works Studios. So it was a pleasure to talk tonight to Jonathan Tannenwald. He is in Seattle right now. He went to see the Sky Blue versus Seattle Reigns FC in the NWSL. So he made a cross-country trek and he was still up this late. And fortunately for us... Uh, lately, the Montreal Impact news has been coming out really late. It came out, what, 12.45? So, uh, 12.45 tonight, the, the news dropped, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, we had the pleasure to talk to Jonathan Tannenwald. We talked for almost say, 20 minutes about uh, the whole coaching situation in Montreal. It's really an off-the-cuff conversation. We had many different topics. It goes uh, to point A to point B really quickly. A lot of details in that conversation. So, without further ado, myself and Jonathan Tannenwald talking about... The firing of Frank Klopas, because yes, hashtag Klopas out finally came true. But like we talked about, you'll hear later, is it for the right reason? Right reason being, maybe he lost a locker room. I don't like that expression. I'd rather say that the players won't necessarily go to that second, third speed for him. Not necessarily uh, feel motivated by the the coach. Uh, Owning a locker room, I think, is a 
past term in 2015 when it comes to a very different situation in the locker room, with, especially in MLS, when you have different type of players, DPs and not, and a different type of crowds and languages and all that. I think uh, the prospect of losing a locker room is a little more convoluted than just saying he lost the locker room. But the players might not want to go all out for him. So that might be one of the reasons. That may be a right reason. Wrong reason is because the fans didn't like the performance of the team or uh, the style. So we had that conversation as well, myself and Jonathan. So without further ado, here's Jonathan Tannenwald and I. And we are back here on the Off the Woodworks Breaking News Special Edition, the Clopas Firing Edition. I am joined by Jonathan Tannenwald of Philly.com. Jonathan, you're in Seattle right now after your cross-country trek. How was it? It's pouring rain. My sh- I was at the uh, the Seattle Rain versus Sky Blue FC uh, National Women's Soccer League game. And uh, I was only staying, my hotel's only two blocks from the old Memorial Stadium where the rain play. And, uh, you know, there was just standing water all over the street. My shoes are drenched. But other than that, how are you? I am doing pretty good. And even though you're all wet, you're probably still having a better night than Frank Lopez. Well, you know, I'm not surprised. No, nobody is surprised. I just hope, and you and I discussed this when I was in Montreal last weekend. I hope they did it for the right reasons. I, I have to tend to agree with you, Jonathan. If you if they did it because the fans wanted them out, that's I hate to say this because I got a lot of friends who listen to your show who were Impact fans who wanted them out. That's not the right reason. If they did it because they lost to Vancouver, that's not the right reason. If they did it because they lost to Toronto. That's not the right season. That's not the right reason. I saw Dave Levesque of the Journal de Montréal say before the Toronto game, he got the impression that Klopas had one game to save his job. Well, if you have one game to save your job, you're out already. You can't define somebody's whether somebody keeps the job or not by one win or one loss. It's not fair. No, absolutely. And when you're saying if it's uh, the right reason, wrong reason, I have to agree with you. There's a wrong reason of the, the fanfare and the whole the, the pressure of the supporters and everybody that they don't get the result and it's easier to can the coach and to change all the players or to change everything else. Uh, the, the right reason would probably be statistically. And uh, the way I the don't, team I looks... I don't think so. I don't uh, have to... Yeah, we'll, we'll get there very soon. You'll see. Uh, but the there's, way, a, there's one good reason why... Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, the way the team looks on the pitch, the way the players respond to a coach determines too how much a coach is going to keep his job or lose his job. And in this You just case, hit it. You just hit it. Yeah, and in this case, if you're looking at the Montreal's performances over the last three weeks, uh, they have been lackluster in the performances. And this team is full of talent. It might be the best team in the history of this club, player for player, uh, but together for some reason, and that hasn't worked. And that might be why the reason the coach got canned. Style shouldn't be why you get fired. That's another one. Mm. If they're not playing attractive enough soccer, that to me is not per se a reason to get fired because they are in a playoff spot. And I know it's tenuous, and I know they were in danger of losing it, 
But as I said to you last weekend, we were chatting uh, in a respected watering hole near your place of employment. I think that is how we would describe it. Um, in the calendar year 2015, CONCACAF Champions League final, and they will never be able to take that away from him, no matter how hard anybody tries. When you look at the list of coaches that have taken Major League Soccer teams to CONCACAF Champions League finals in the current competition, there's two, Jason Kreiss and Frank Clovis. Final of the Canadian Championship, which I don't think is a given. For any team at this point, you cannot just take it as a given that you're going to be in the final, never mind win it. The, the, the importance that the teams put on the competition has risen and risen, and the obviously the quality of the teams involved has risen and risen. But if he lost the players, if he lost the locker room, that's why you fire him. If he can't connect with the players and they don't respond to him anymore, and they're tuning him out. That is why you get rid of him. And if that's why they did it, fine. If it's some other reason, I'm maybe not so fine. I'm going to give you the stats for the three coaches, the three head coaches, because yes, there was some interim stint by Nick DeSantis, and Mauro Biello, who is the new interim head coach for the Montreal Impact until the end of the season, who has been an assistant with the club since 2009, uh, since his retirement, has been with the club 2011, an assistant, uh, was named at the end of 2011. He's a legend, a player for this uh, team for the beginning of this team since 93. He's uh, basically one of the only club legend this club has uh, so far. And now that he's the head coach, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. But let's look at the numbers of the previous coaches. Jesse March, the first coach of the Impact in Major League Soccer. 36 game played, 12 wins, 17 losses, and 7 ties. That's an all-tournament, including Canadian Championship and so on. Uh, Marco Chalibam, 43 games uh, coached, 17 wins, 17 losses, 9 ties. And we'll go to Klopas, the longest coach in MLS history for the Impact. 84 games with today. 23, 25 wins, 32 losses, 27 ties. All those stats, all those numbers, just to say that the winning percentage of the Impact's coaches has never been really high. Never higher than 39%, which was Marco Schallibaum. You had 33% for Jesse Marsh and 30% for Frank Klopas. Is 30% winning percentage in MLS good enough, Jonathan? No, but I, I can't help wondering, by the way, what Jesse Marsh's winning percentage would have been if he stood around longer. I have to agree with I you. I think yeah. we have seen by now that he's pretty good. If he gets what he wants, and he, that's, a whole other, that's a whole other series of shows by now, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, Daniel Squizzato, our friend uh, from Canadian Soccer News, tweeted a few minutes ago oh maybe his numbers were wrong uh, he tweeted earlier I thought and I guess his numbers were wrong um, Frank Clopas was like the second or third something like that longest tenured manager 
of any Canadian team in the Major League Soccer era. Yes, I have to agree with you because if you look at Vancouver, which they change almost every year, like the impact since in the MLS, it's been maybe lower profile because of Robinson right now. But they had a lot of coaching changes before that. Same with Toronto. They had a lot of coaching changes. So basically, well, guess what? Montreal too. Guess what? How much success has that got? Uh, so far, you're absolutely right. Not a lot if you're looking at... Uh, Basically, only two games played by Canadian teams in the playoffs. And this year, something did change. But before 2015, uh, no Canadian club never made a, a big dip in the puddle of success in uh, North American soccer. And what's the team that's going to do it now? It sure looks like Vancouver. Why? Because the now coach look, is there. It's the right stable. It's they stable. made the right hire, but they trusted him and they stuck with him. And they gave him the players that he wanted and he's gone out and won. Now, he knows how to win in this league. You know, he has a lot of experience as a player and as a coach in MLS. He knows how to win in the league, and he's gone out and done it. But this, obviously so many points to talk about, but here's one. Who's next? Does anybody (laughs) even possibly know who's next? Because there is a certain skill set that is required to win in Major League Soccer. And you don't have to have previous ties with an MLS per se. It's not a requirement. But clearly, having an understanding of the league, the fact that head coaches in MLS have to be more involved in player personnel decisions than they are in Europe and South America, understanding how to work within a salary cap, understanding how to scout the player development systems in the United States and Canada, to find the players that other people are not finding, how to find those kinds of players in Central America and South America, how to go to make the connections in Europe so that you go and bring in the big star. You cannot just parachute in here and succeed. Aaron Vinter found that out the hard way. Um, I will say, even though he got the impact of the playoffs, Marco Schalabom found that out the hard way. Oh, for sure. I, I still and, believe to this day that Shalibam's success, yes, he was the best winning percentage coach and uh, the most loved coach in the MLS era of the impact, but I do believe that the Shalibam wins were fluke wins. They, the, the, the way they got the results and all that were different than what we should expect from a club. Well, and, and the, the, it is incumbent now, the burden of proof is on Joey Saputo and Nick DeSantis and Adam Brass. Because the unfortunate truth is the reputation of firing coaches a lot precedes them now. Does it and hurt? Got... Uh, that was one of my questions for you, Jonathan. Does it hurt the reputation of the club long-term to get another coach? I'll tell you who it had better hurt, Mauro Biello. Because I, and I know a lot of other people too, are sick and tired of him being left at the altar all the time. If he doesn't get the head coaching job now, will he ever? Should he leave it if he doesn't get it now? I would. Well, if if some other I've said this before, and it certainly I think is applicable now. If he doesn't get the job full time and some other team in MLS comes along and sees how successful he has been, says, Hey, we're gonna offer you the head coaching job. I know he's got a lot of deep a lot of deep ties with the impact, but maybe now it's time for him, if he doesn't get this job full time, maybe now he goes to Joey Saputo and say, hey, you know what? I've got an offer from another team, and I'm going to take it. Because now these other teams that are on Major League Soccer know what I have you know, done as an assistant in Montreal, 
they they understand from the chatter that goes on, you know, in the pipeline around all the various teams, what I can do. I'm going to go be a head coach now. And I'm, it's not in Montreal, and I've waited long enough. Uh, one thing that crossed my mind when I heard that Mauro Biello was gonna, is going to be the interim is, uh, what is the prerequisite for a coach? Well, we talked about uh, five minutes ago, how what is needed to coach an MLS and all that. Well, Mauro Biello, even though he didn't really play in MLS per se, he's been playing in North America for t- more than t- for 20 years. He's been here since 1992 with the FC Supra. He knows the ins and outs of North American soccer. And he experienced it as an assistant coach and as a head coach, a couple of games that he had to uh, manage because of the head coach were suspended. It happened with Charlie Baum two, three times with Klopas uh, once this year, I think twice last year as well. So uh, this year was May 16th, which Montreal won 4-1 against RSL. But anyways, Biello is like one of the best candidates. If you would draw up a candidate to get the job, he would have all the prerequisites. There's no question in my mind that he is qualified. But as I said, it is time for the impact to either make him the head coach as more than just the interim. Obviously, you know, the old joke is everybody's an interim coach, ultimately, you know. But I think it's time for the impact to say that Mauro Biello is their guy. And not, and you know, people, uh, let's see, Pierre Maillot, I think, was one of them, and others have tweeted to me, well, the game, you know, the one of the game or whatever, the yellow was the coach they won. You can't judge that on one game. You cannot judge based on one game when Klopas or Shalabam was suspended, whether, you know, Biello is going to be a good coach in MLS. But I do think he has what it takes. And I think that he has, he has paid his dues proverbially. He has, he has, you know, done what he's needed to do to show that he is, it's his chance, you know, uh, one another question I can ask you, Jonathan, is for Frank Klopas. What's next for him? Is he going to find another suitor, or is it almost the end of his legacy in Major League Soccer? Uh, we don't know yet what's going to be all the details surrounding his departure with the club. Is it an actual departure? Is it a reassignment? He had more function than just being the head coach, so that's going to be interesting how that unfolds. But until we know that, it, let's imagine an hypothesis that he's actually fired and leaves the club. Is there anywhere else he's going to coach, or should he go back to his first love of Major League Soccer and being a technical director, if not general manager? I'm sure that there will be opportunities for him. As an assistant coach, you know, some team goes out and hires a youngish head coach and wants to put somebody with him who is, you know, has seasoning, has some experience. I'm sure that that would be a, a role for him in the short term. Perhaps even um, you know, perhaps even um, maybe an assistant coaching role in the short term with the U.S. national team. I don't know what Jurgen Klinsmann thinks of him. I don't know what he thinks of Jurgen Klinsmann. But he's certainly got plenty of connections within the U.S. soccer community, and I'm sure that there, there will be opportunities for him. I mean, look, I have no inside information about this at all, but if the union want to keep Jim Curtin, um, I don't know who they're going to hire as a technical director per se, but you know, if, if there's a way to have Frank Lopez working alongside Jim Curtin for a little while to help him out, I, I think that would be maybe in the union's interest to give it a shot. I don't know. 
you know, obviously Klopas has damaged goods for a little while here, but he's got plenty of experience with MLS. And, you know, the, the thing about Klopas that I will say, if he doesn't have to control the locker room, you know, if, if somebody else is the head coach, if he's just a technical director, he's a results guy. And if there's a market out there that will take him on as a technical director where they don't have to worry so much about style, but really just have to worry about results. And I think Philadelphia is one such place. Um, he'll find opportunities. And I, I'd say this too. And Kevin, I know you know this and I know that um, your listeners, many of them know it, even if they don't always want to admit it. Frank Lopez is a good and decent man, and he cares a lot about what he does, and he cares a lot about success. And I know that um, I know that he cared about um, about being successful. Um, that doesn't mean that he was the right coach for the impact. Ultimately, that doesn't mean that. Um, it doesn't mean, as, as we've said, that this was the wrong move to make as long as they made it for the right reasons. But some of the criticism of Klopas in the last couple of weeks, I think, has been a little much. You can stand there on the sideline and tell the players any number of things to do. But if they don't do them, it's not always the coach's fault. You know, if he's lost the locker room, as I said earlier, that's a reason to fire him. But sometimes the players have to step up and own it a little bit. And I'll say this too, by the way. One of the things that I think was really unfair to criticize Frank Lopez about was how he handled Patrice Bernier. I know that Patrice Bernier is an ambassador and a club legend and somebody who has a really important figurehead role for the Montreal Impact and for their fans. But I've watched him play Juan-Gilles Lefebvre and Maxime Tissot and Anthony Jackson-Hamel most recently. Um, he's playing the kids. No, yeah, he's, he's playing the kids, for sure. Uh, one thing that really intrigues me until the end of the MLS regular season, uh, it's Montreal will make the playoff or not. With this coaching change, Do you think it's going to help Montreal solidify its position in the playoff, maybe climb a spot or two? Uh, two is going to be hard, maybe one. Or is it just continue to be a losing streak and eventually they'll get caught up by a, a new franchise? I have no idea. I really have no idea. Um, they've got, the, look, they've got the talent. Nobody disputes that. They need Piatti to be on the field. They need Drugba to be on the field. They need Drugba to uh, not be so... Um, what's the word? Uh, they need him to not be so... Uh, Distracting? No. Uh, they need him to not embarrass himself in the locker room like he did. After the Union game. So that's uh, one way to put it. To, to, to they need him to, to, they need him to be a leader. They need him to just be a leader. 
to refer to our listeners, if they don't know what we're talking about, is uh, Didier Drogba, after his first game, his only game so far with the Montreal Impact, was waited by everybody in the locker room and actually never showed up to be interviewed after the game. So uh, that's what we were referring to. And then he comes in and he sits there in the corner. And I wasn't there. This is what I've heard. He sits there in the corner and doesn't say anything. And the, the union media just stand there and they leave. Look, the impact had said before the game, he's not going to talk afterward. Fine. But then don't go walking into the locker room when the press is all there and sit there and make a show of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jonathan. Thank you very much for joining us on our special breaking news edition. You can read Jonathan's work on philly.com. You can listen to Jonathan on Soccer Morning every week or so. And Jonathan, uh, thanks for doing this. Hey, it's a pleasure. Get some sleep, all right? You're listening to Off The Woodworks. If you want to reach Kevin Arame, you can do it by email, offthewoodworks at hotmail.com, on Twitter at Off The Woodworks, or you can go like our page on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Off The Woodworks. You can get this show everywhere you get your podcast. iTunes, Stitcher, FeedBurner, everywhere you like. You can get this podcast. Now back to the show. So thanks again to Jonathan Tannenwald for joining us late tonight. And yes, I will get some sleep very soon. <laughs> Before I let everybody go, I have to talk about my opinions a little bit on the firing the replacement of Frank Lopez call it whatever you like we'll have more details later on for now it's the replacing of Frank Lopez by Mauro Biello quite happy for Mauro I think he's qualified to do the job I think he's qualified to do the job very well especially now that he was the assistant so basically he was a confidant of the players so he knows what they want he knows what he wants he knows what the club needs and he always done what the club needs I hope that for once, he does what he needs to do to bring this club or this team to success. Whatever that may entail to be. If he needs to alienate part of, I don't know what he needs to do. Not in the shoes, but Marabiello now has the opportunity of proving that he's worthy. I, I think we do know that he's worthy of being a head coach in Major League Soccer. But it's almost his audition now to the other season. It's proving time, if you want to say. It's time for him to prove his doubters wrong, to prove that he can do the job. He's been an assistant coach for so long with the impact now that he's almost forgot about when we talk about the, the head coach position. Already it's been a couple of hours that Frank Klopas has been replaced, and I always, already heard names for next year. Uh, Arcando Marcosi talked about Carlos Bianchi. There's been a Mike Petke rumor. Come on, guys. It's been like... What about Mauro? What about Mauro? That's what I want to hear. What about Mauro? Mauro Biello is probably the, the best qualified person. Played in the league. Well, not necessarily in Major League Soccer, but like we said with Jonathan, you don't necessarily need to have experience in this league. You need to know this league. It's been he's been he knows this league now. So so that's taken care of. That little column is checked. Moving on to knowing the club and the aspect and the importance and the philosophy of the club, if there is one, according to Laurent Simon, there's none. But that's another topic, and that topic might change because the club, the, the coach has changed. So that might be a different topic. So he knows the philosophy of the club, the academy. He knows everybody. He's part of the actual walls of the Stade Saputo. 
literally, if you look, if you walked into the Statsaputo inside uh, on the way to the dressing room, I think there's pictures of Mauro everywhere. So uh, the history of the club is mixed in the history of Mauro. So that, I think, is important. And I think he might have a little leeway that other person, other coaches did not have because of that relationship that he does have with everybody in the damn building. So that's going to be very important. And that's one of the reasons why I think it's going to be positive. And I think they did do this coach firing for the right reason. And if you've been listening to the show since the beginning, you know that the right reason, not necessarily because people want him out, the right reason is because you see the players don't necessarily play for him and don't go all out for him. You did see that happening. Will it change? Only time will tell. Right now, we don't know. We'll see. There's going to be a lot of injuries or maybe suspensions now with La Racima as red card today because, yes, Montreal Impact did play Toronto today and they did lose again at BMO Field. Uh, the f- most famous elusive victory in the club's history uh, when at that uh, maybe damned stadium or cursed stadium for the impact. Never were able to get a victory. They did get some results and all that at this stadium, but never did they get that three feet, the three points or that. Uh, I would say if it's not a, a league game, you don't get points, but you know what I mean. Never did they come out of BMO Field with a W and didn't start today. A 2-1 loss versus their arch rival of the 401 Derby. 2-1 goals by Bradley and Altador. With Ajero, uh, Ajero could have scored like four goals in that game, but Ajero, Ajerod, which means that he gets himself in position that you wouldn't expect, and that almost any other player on the pitch can put himself in, because of his speed, and the way that he runs, the way he does his runs, because of those reasons, he puts himself in situation where he's alone in front of goal and it's close, but he misses it, and there was like three of those in that game. He still scored a beautiful goal, which, uh, like Jason DeVos said on the broadcast, it was probably his toughest chance in the match. Well, until that point in the 74th minute when he did score with a great pass by Romero, low cross, that he just opened his right right foot and slotted in to the near post, right to the the right of Kanupka. So he at least did not get the the big donut for Toronto. He beat that. He gets 2-1. But if Padro could finish a little better, if he had maybe a second more opportunity, if he was in a little bit better position, basically if Arduro was Piatti, it would be 4 nothing or 4-2 in that game. But Arduro does a great thing on the pitch. I like the way he plays and I can't wait for him to actually get some playing time with Drogba on the pitch. In my opinion, their type of play are really compatible together. They're quite the opposite. And opposite do attracts on a football pitch. And I think together they can do great things for this club. Which from now on, uh, we don't necessarily need to expect. But we really wish upon it. Because now that they change the coach, statistically, over the years, you see a little bump and then it goes back to normal. One or two more victories from here to the end of this season that maybe would have losses with Klopas. If their victories under Biello, that might mean the playoff spot or a fifth sp- a fifth place instead of a sixth place. So far, the impact is still very in the hunt. Uh, the two expansion team mixed with Chicago and Philly are slowly pushing behind, but Orlando and Orlando is probably the most dangerous team right now in that quadruor. But for now, the impact are still in a position where playoff are, if not. 
guaranteed, a play-in game is very likely. So that's what's going to be in store for the impact from here to the end of the season with our new coach, Mauro Biello. What do you think about the firing of Frank Lopas and the appointment of Mauro Biello as the head coach? Let us know on Twitter at Kev Larame at Off The Woodworks or by email off the woodworks at hotmail.com. Let us know what you think about the Frank Lopas firing. And until next time here on Off The Woodworks on Canadian Soccer News, well, have a great soccer.